The Fake Show podcast welcomes our newest sponsor, the Craft House Brewery in Henderson, the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, Banger Brewing in downtown Las Vegas, Mr. Antenna, and Brew City Brand. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Uh, we have sort of a problem here. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS reports. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry about that. I, I forgot. Mmm, yeah. You see, we're putting the cover sheets on all TPS reports now before they go out. Did you see the memo about this? Yeah, 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 I have the memo right here. I just, uh, forgot. But, uh, it's not shipping out till tomorrow, so there's no problem. Yeah. If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. And, uh, I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. Okay? Yeah, no, I, I, I have the memo. I've got it. That is the incredibly versatile actor Gary Cole as Lumberg in the film Office Space. He has had a most prolific career, but the role as the douchey boss seems to be the one that we all remember. Gary has starred in Dodgeball, the Brady Bunch movies, Talladega Nights, A Simple Plan, and most recently the series Veep with Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and we've got him on The Fake Show right now. Gary, how are you today? Fantastic. Your acting roles, I mean, even the smaller ones, seem to have great impact. One of my favorite movies uh, that comes to mind is A Simple Plan. I just I just loved your role. It was a small one, but it was a really good one. That's one of my, actually, uh, uh, things that I've been involved in. That's, that's one of my, if not my favorite film, as, as a of, you know, is an entire film, a film that, um, you know, kind of works on all levels. Sam Raimi, you know, I, I'd done some work for him. Sam Raimi produced American Gothic, which is a TV series I did back in, like, the mid-90s. Right. But he's just a really detailed, creative, original director. And, and that movie, it's based on a book, but um, what he did with that movie is, is just, you know, I, I thought it. I thought it was great, and and the fact that it was in the dead of winter. I, I always loved the way cold and winter looks on film. It's horrible to shoot it. <laughs> some of that, but when you actually see it, it really adds a, just a. And for that story, because it's really about almost you know people being heartless in a way. You know, that really added to kind of how barren. You know, it was. Yeah, it had kind of that parallel, that feeling that Fargo had, the movie Fargo. Actually, exactly. the series, too, because it was... I like those movies where you just never feel comfortable with what what is about to happen. No, it's a very unsettling movie. It's very, you know, not to spoil... I mean, I know it's an old movie, so, but I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it. But it really just... It starts to just, you know, unravel in a way. And like you said, you don't know... You're really kind of, you know, you're taking your hands off the wheel, and you're kind of like, you know, the car is going by itself. So it's, uh, and Sam is, you know, he's an expert at that. I mean, he's a kind of a horror master in a way, a thriller. Gary, I think I saw you for the first time in Fatal Vision, uh, which goes back a few years, and I heard that you were literally cast at the last second in in the starring role of that film. Yeah, yeah, they had. Um, they had already compiled, you know, they had uh, Carl Malden and even Marie Saint and Annie Griffith, and they were they were probably maybe three weeks away from um, from shooting that. And I, I believe they had, they offered the role, obviously, to a bunch of people, and, and uh, 
I hadn't even really been in. I was still in Chicago, basically, so I, I kind of lucked into that. I had a, a, a casting director friend who who had a relationship with somebody at NBC and got in front of the right people at the right time, and uh, you know was able to uh, you know fool everybody. <laughs> I was ready for that, but it, yeah, it, it was uh, it was good fortune on my part. You being such an established actor now, I know that the audition process, if there even is one for you now, is different than... I had read that when you were cast as Mike Brady in the Brady Bunch movie, that the audition process was a really long one for you. You had to keep going back. Yeah, that was... Um, I probably went in three or four times. That was... you know, And I had known Betty. Betty Thomas had done... I had yeah. worked with her. She had directed an episode of a show I did called Midnight Caller, and, and, and I had met her before that, too. I, I knew her just kind of uh, through friends. But it, it was odd, yeah. I, and, you know, they, I think they <laughs> they finally had to put everyone in the bad clothes. I mean, they, they wanted you know, I, I to... The last, the last time I showed up, they handed me a bad polyester shirt this, this week that looked like, uh, I don't know what, it looked like I'd been in a beauty parlor or something. <laughs> and then read it that way, and I was reading it, and nobody was laughing at all. They were just kind of staring at me like, you know, like animals in a zoo, but that, that's usually how a lot of auditions go. And then, uh, you know, and then, and then even then it was like weeks or so after that before they got the word. But I, I think Betty was the one that, that really drummed up for me because I don't, I don't think anybody else was really thinking of me as that. I'm grateful for that for sure. And to me, your speeches, you know, the, the moral speeches that you were giving in that movie, it sounded more to me like Ward Cleaver than it did actually Mike Brady, which <laughs> is, which is great. <laughs> We borrowed a little bit from all TV dads of the. <laughs> Ward was a little more uh, on the nose than Mike Brady, sure. Right, right. You know, you'd talked about how it had been a year, year and a half since you had shot the Christmas Eve film, and it brings to mind Office Space because I know that that was a movie that took a while to build. It it, it had this cult following, and, and you really didn't start to feel the fan base until much later after it was released and even out of the theaters. Right. Yeah, and actually, in the theater, it, it was basically in and out of the theater. It, it wasn't considered a big flop necessarily, only because it didn't really cost a lot of money to make. So it, you know, it just kind of went under the radar and went away quickly. Uh, and everybody thought it was the end of it. But that was really in the late, let's see, it was 99. So that was kind of the peak of DVD sales. And so it found an audience in another way. You know, and it had nothing to do with, you know, the initial run in the theater, and it began to build a, you know, a following. But it was, it, it probably didn't even begin to be noticed to any of us, certainly. Well, it was more than a year after it was released that it, it seemed to have some, kind yeah. of, you know, some of an impact. Explain what it's like to be part of these casts like uh, Veep and even the ones that you've done with uh, Will Ferrell, where there seems to be a little more room to work with uh, improv. And I know that you come from more of a theater, a disciplined background. What is it like to, to be a, a, amongst that group of people? Well, it's well, like you said, for someone who does, does not have a background in that and who was not trained at Second City or the Groundlings or any place like that, or just it's straight, you know, theatrical productions it's intimidating because you're not that that's not how you're wired you know and I, I found myself in situations where it's just it's used as a technique more and more uh so uh, the good news for me is that I, I i found myself in the presence of people who were 
really expert at it, and not only that, very generous with it. You know, especially if it, really the first kind of bath I had in that was was Cal Baker Nights. Yeah, but I was I was just assisted. I mean, it was always used as something to to benefit everyone. It, it didn't seem, you know, to be any kind of a competition. It was used to generate material, and and uh, you know, so you just kind of dive in and uh, you know do the best you can. The good news in Talladega Nights for me was that character really, for some reason, I really connected to that character, and it was much easier for me to just kind of be loose and 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 kind of you know freewheel things because they had already supplied this great foundation of, of who this guy was, you know, and, it, yeah. you know, and they were, they, you know, and they were, you know, Adam McKay does what some directors do now is, you know, they'll just stand behind the camera and, and, you know, just throw bits of dialogue out at you while you're shooting and, and then just, you know, go shopping later and write out the moments that they want. <laughs> you know? So, uh, it's great to be when when you're when you're working with people that are that skilled at it. You, you're you know as long as it is don't don't fight it and, and just go with it. Then it usually things work out right. Gary Cole, you're one of my favorites, and and good luck in the future, my friend. You too. Thanks for having me. All right, buddy. Bye bye. Gary Cole can do funny, and he can play an incredibly scary bad guy, like in A Simple Plan. And you know that he's also lent his voice to a bunch of animated shows like Bob's Burgers, Rick and Morty, Archer, and Family Guy. Well, that is the end of this edition of The Fake Show. I might recommend subscribing to The Fake Show SoundCloud page. It's free, and you get alerted whenever there's a new episode. See, I've always believed that it doesn't matter where your home is, because home is where your heart is. And we may lose this house, but we'll always have our family because we're Brady's. And this family is our home. That's why we'll always have our home as long as we have our family. Even if we lose our house, we're still Brady's. Gary Cole's now classic comedy Office Space, co-starring Ron Livingston and Jennifer Aniston, will be celebrated at the upcoming Texas Film Awards, where it will be inducted into the Texas Film Hall of Fame. Creator Mike Judge and the cast will reunite for a screening and panel March 7th in Austin. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you back here next time. Take the fake show on the road by listening on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes.